0: Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the Ambassador's Pulpit podcast. I am Nathaniel A. Johnson and I said I would return today with a few thoughts about influence and uh, these could I'm not sure if I'll finish them up today or not but let me start with a with a story. We had a a man who has, uh, become a friend, a neighbor in our community just recently come and install a deck on the back of our house. And, uh, just a master craftsman doing an amazing job. He's almost finished with it. And I would go out and, you know, get home from work and go out and, and talk to him a little bit, be friendly, get to know him a little bit. And then, uh, you know, say goodnight to him before he went home, that type of thing, just some some friendly conversation. And there was one day just recently that I went out there, and I I felt like I really ought to um, go straight into presenting the gospel message to him as an ambassador for Christ, uh, telling him, you know, the way of salvation, how to be saved, and and so forth. I've done that so much um, with total strangers on the street that, you know, my inclination is to think about that and to, and to follow, follow ahead and, and just do it. Um, and so you take a deep breath and you just go for it. You just hit them straight between the eyes with, this is how you, you know, you need a savior and Jesus is the way and this is how you get saved. But I sensed when I thought about doing that, that the Holy Spirit wanted me to just step back, just take a couple steps back and let him lead the conversation. And as he did, um, it just continued, just friendly conversation. And and, uh, then I started helping him put his tools away or walk some things back to his truck and It came up uh, very, very naturally. Um, God was setting up the conversation. And it came up very, very naturally that uh, nine years ago on that day, so I guess this would have been June 30th, that um, my mom, Miriam, left us and and, uh, went on to heaven. And we were all very comforted in the fact that we know that know for sure that she's she's with the lord and yes it is possible to know for sure you're going to heaven but telling him those things um they opened up or the doorway to say those things in the conversation happened in such a natural way in fact i think it was uh triggered by something he said And then the Holy Spirit was like, okay, there you go. And boom, I was able to fit that right in there. And the conversation turned to spiritual things. And then we continued talking. But I didn't have any agenda uh, to make a convert that night. My only agenda towards him was simply the love of God and letting the Holy Spirit lead the conversation and before he left in his truck, um, he had received Jesus as his Savior, and he was born again. I, it, um, after he had got all his tools put away in the truck, I, I just specifically felt prompted to ask this guy. Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? This is how you can know. I know you're already a believer in Jesus. You just need to ask Jesus to come in your heart and be your Savior. And I, at the leading of the Lord, I started addressing him on those things and then went one step further and said, Would you like to pray with me right now to ask Jesus into your heart to be your Savior? And he said he did. So we were just about getting ready to pray. In my driveway, I have a long driveway, but it was starting to get dark now. And then as I looked to my left, I saw some headlights coming up the street. Oh man, here comes my wife. She's going to come. She's going to drive up the driveway and jump out of the car and, and start talking. Uh, but I decided to proceed anyhow. And so I probably waved and she passed by in the driveway And, and then I believe I asked the Holy Spirit to just keep her in the car. Um, Because as soon as she came up the driveway, then I started leading this man in the, in the sinner's prayer to receive Jesus as Savior. And, and sure enough, she stayed inside her car. She parked and just started checking on a few things or looking at a few other things before she opened the door and got out. And by that time, I had finished praying with Dan, and he had received salvation, and he was just as open as could be. It was a beautiful thing, but it all happened um, at the leading of the Lord, and it did not happen in a forced manner. Uh, There. There are many times when evangelism is looked at like there's a sinner, you know the way of salvation. You better go ahead and and um, preach to him because if he goes to hell, and you passed him by and you didn't actually say anything, then his blood can be on, could be on on your hands and it's your fault that he went to hell because you didn't share the gospel with him when he came across your path. And there there are um, a couple references to blood being on someone's hands uh, in relation to warning the wicked of their wicked ways in the book of Ezekiel, or Paul finally had enough of the Jews resisting and rejecting the gospel. And he said, fine, your blood's on your own hands or on your own head. And he, he said, from now, I'm going to the Gentiles. Well, Paul had been called to the Gentiles originally, and he uh, loved the Jews so much he had been going there in addition to what God had instructed him to do. Anyway, set those things aside I refuse to feel any sense of uh, condemnation in my approach to um, reaching the lost. When I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in doing so, and it it takes a it takes some some growing up, some spiritual development to be able to. To do this, to just sense which way the Holy Spirit is going, and and uh, not focus on conversions, but focus on the love of God. Now, you know, different. The First uh, Corinthians 12 says that the Spirit of God um, works in different ways with different people, different uh, administrations, but the same Lord. Different. Uh, you know, he'll use different people different ways, especially, and there there will be especially a, a, a difference between the way he uses me and someone that's actually called to the ministry office of an evangelist. First um, Corinthians 12 verse 4 says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord there are diversities of operations but it is the same god which worketh all in all and so this is how god works with me it seems to work very well and uh, helps me to be open to to reaching beyond myself uh, the gospel is not the gospel is not supposed to be private it is supposed to be shared. And there are people who say, well, this is, you know, religion for me is a, is a private matter. That's between me and God. And I never talk to anyone else about my faith. Um, <laughs> I, told, I told a man in a truck one day, it's against my religion to keep my religion to myself. <laughs> he had never heard that one before, but it is. It's against my religion to keep my religion to myself. Politicians like to do that all the time. They like to say, "Well, my, yeah, personally, I have my Catholic beliefs or my my Protestant faith," but but there there's a different. You know, we, I never bring that into public life. I never bring that into my public comments. I never push my faith on anyone else. And that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. And most of the time, the ones that say that don't have any relationship with God to start with, you know, because they'll be voting pro-gay or uh, uh, pro-abortion, pro-open borders, pro-anything that's against the word of God and against uh, freedom and 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 godliness, and uh, that's not good. So it is against my religion to keep my religion to myself. Just remember that. So, how how do we win somebody to the Lord when it comes down to actually sharing the Scriptures with them? To uh, invite people into a relationship with God when the Holy Spirit turns the conversation, like he did with my friend Dan, and uh, um, and I get get an opportunity to extend Jesus to them and invite them into the family of God. How does that work? What do I do? What what scriptures do I use and I can say it's probably a little bit different every time but there are um, there's some that I some some scriptures that I've I've used a lot first of all no one can get saved without the Holy Spirit. Without the, Holy, without the Father drawing them to salvation. No one can get saved without the Father drawing them. Let me look up this verse. And if you know how to use a concordance or a concordance or a search feature on your Bible app, this is not so hard to do. Uh... Jesus said, no man can come to me unless the Father that sent me draws him. So I'm typing the word draws, D-R-A-W-S, into my Bible search app. And... Whoops. Um, <laughs> Whoops. No man can come. That's what I'm typing in now. I didn't get anything off of, off of. Um, okay, we have this in, in two verses here. I didn't get anything when I typed in draws or draweth. Um, but um in John chapter 6, verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. John six sixty-five, 65, And he said, Therefore I said unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. So the Father will draw people to salvation. Let's look at first Timothy chapter 2. Any book written by Paul was is uh, before the book of Hebrews. That makes things a little easier to find. First Timothy chapter 2 um, verse. Three, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. And so here we see that it is the will of God for all men to be saved, who will have all men to be saved. This does not mean that all men are going to be saved, but, it, um, but it's the will of God who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth it is his will for all men to be saved I'm looking yeah and the the little um uh, word will in that verse who will have all men to be saved in my center reference column it says desires to so who desires to have all men to be saved that is the will of god to save everyone no one is predestined to hell and without a choice or without a way of of changing it um nobody is predestined to hell everyone is given a free will to to choose jesus and to choose the the path to eternal life Um, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Let me look that verse up. Amos 5, 6. Seek ye the Lord and ye shall live. Amos 5, 4. Seek ye me, ye shall live. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. That implies that maybe at some point when you try to seek him, he won't be found. So you want to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. So maybe when you finally get around to calling on god he's not near anymore this is why you must respond to god when he calls you jesus said no man can come to me unless the father which sent me draw him and i'll raise him up at the last day when we And this is how God becomes real in your life as well. The Holy Spirit, God the Father, starts drawing a a person, drawing you. When you respond to him, then he he responds to you again. You step closer to him, he steps closer to you. You, um, He asks for something asks you to do something, you obey him. Now we have a working relationship. Now we can get something done. But um, the thing that's so important about responding to God when he draws us, when he uh, speaks to us, is that what what if my heart Uh, what if I choose to not respond or I recognize it's him and I just put it off and then in the meantime my heart gets hard towards him he still would be faithful to knock on the door of my heart or to convict me or to draw me or to attempt to work with me But, but in the meantime what if my heart gets hard and I no longer sense his leading or uh, his guidance or his direction, then because of pride and because of disobedience, I can be stuck in a place that that is without the grace of God, and it takes the grace of God to be saved. So that's why uh, the... Apostle Paul says now is the acceptable time now is the day of salvation let me look let me look that one up typing into my little Bible app uh, day of salvation and set that for the New Testament 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Redemption on the cross through Jesus was accomplished 2,000 years ago and whenever we're ready, God's ready. And when we hear the message, when we, we sense the drawing of God to respond to Jesus, then the Bible says, now is the accepted time. Now's the day of salvation. We're not going to put this off and wait till the, the great evangelist comes and preaches in our pastor's pulpit, and then we're going to respond. No, no, we're we're not going to put this off for another time. We're going to do it now, receive Jesus now, get a clear conscience now, receive the cleansing flow of the blood now. We're going to um, step into the things of God now, yield to the Holy Spirit now. Paul said in Romans chapter chapter one, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It is the power of God to bring us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And uh, when God draws you, that is the time to respond. That's the time to look up and say, Jesus be my Lord. In fact, if you would like to do that right now, let me lead you there. Um, we, you need to believe that uh, Jesus is the Son of God. That God sent Him to Earth, um, and He He was born without sin, never sinned in His in His entire life, qualifying Him to be the perfect sacrifice the um, acceptable sacrifice for, every, for the sin of every person in every generation, past, present, and future. Because in God's system of justice, he allows the, the innocent to stand in for the guilty and to take the punishment of the guilty god is a god of justice and he is a god of mercy how can he be both at the same time the psalmist said i will sing of justice and mercy but true justice can never be satisfied if if punishment is not meted out for for sin for iniquity for wrongdoing for transgression so where where does mercy come in? Well, um, in God's system of justice, like I said, I'll say it again, he allows the innocent to stand in for the guilty. And in our, in, in our case, with, with God sending Jesus to this earth, he allowed Jesus, the pure and spotless Lamb of God, to stand in for us and take the punishment of sin, past, present, and future, off of, from that, that um, resulted from every person in every generation. And Jesus took that punishment upon himself and paid a horrible price. Isaiah said it pleased the Lord to bruise him, to crush him. He has put him to grief. When he sees that his soul is made an offering for sin, he'll he'll see this and be satisfied. And um, it says further in Isaiah... Isaiah 53, he is despised and rejected of man, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Those two words there, griefs and sorrows, literally mean pains, and sicknesses, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Everyone was saying, he must be a bad guy. God is doing this to him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. That means he died. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked. This is all written before Jesus ever lived on, the, on this earth. Before he came here in a, in a human body. This is Bible prophecy written hundreds of years before through the prophet isaiah this is isaiah chapter 53 he made the he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth yet it pleased the lord to bruise him he hath put him to grief When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. That's God seeing the travail of Jesus on the cross. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my servant, my righteous servant, justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities therefore i will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors philippians chapter 2 over in the new testament Amen. So there is coming a day when every person will confess that Jesus is Lord. But for many of them it'll be too late. Because they would be they would be forced to do it at that point, at the great white throne judgment, forced to confess that Jesus is Lord. And then they'd go to hell. But here, like I said, today is the day of salvation, Second Corinthians 6. Today is, the, accept, is the, the day of salvation and the accepted time. And when you feel God drawing your heart, that is the time to respond. God allowed Jesus, the innocent Son of God, to stand in for the guilty. To take the punishment of the sin of every person of every generation past present and future on himself uh, and the the price of adam's rebellion and the sin nature which alienates all man from god the bible says that that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and so because god made us in his image and in his likeness and uh, set us up with such a tremendous life and then adam and eve fell into sin there was only one way to fix that and that was for god to employ a rescue mission and send jesus to earth john 3:16 says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And God is not looking at the world in a condemning manner. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So God is not sending anyone to hell. Man was in a terrible place spiritually and eternally, and God Uh, employed a rescue mission starring Jesus to rescue fallen humanity, bring us back to God so we wouldn't have to go to hell. But one facet of our being made in his image and his likeness never ever changed, and that is free will. The only thing to do the only thing that must be done for you to be saved is to believe that jesus is the son of god that he died for your sins so you could receive eternal life that he paid the price for that and then you open your heart and you ask jesus to be your lord and savior that's all you have to do um Salvation does not come by modifying our behavior, because everything with God is about the heart. Everything about everything with God is about um, the condition of your heart with Him, and it goes it goes deeper than behavior. So, church attendance, good works, social activism. Good behavior, voting the right way on election day, uh, supporting biblical values, reading the Bible. None of these things will bring you salvation. Salvation is received when you know that it is the will of God to save you and you choose to uh, ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. It's by invitation that he comes in he does not invade anyone's life without invitation i'm slowly turning in my bible here over to romans chapter 10 where it says this so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god but i say have they not heard yes verily their sound went into all the earth and their words to the end of the world um, I need to go a little further up in the chapter. The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess, confess means to say, with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or that Jesus is Lord, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference Between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, regardless of of their natural heritage, their nationality, their race, he responds the same to everyone who calls on his name. Verse 13, "...for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? They have to believe. How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Good question. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. Back up to verse 9. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, you believe that Jesus was the sacrifice for your sins and for your salvation personally, and you believe that God raised him from the dead, just like the Bible says. And with your heart you're believing unto righteousness and with the, your mouth you're confessing unto salvation that's and that's how faith works in any area we believe in our heart and we say with our mouth those two together become your spiritual signature to receive anything that you need from god salvation up front anything beyond that in the benefits package of the promises of god That's how we receive, by faith. So pray this prayer with me. And I'll say the words, but you repeat them after me. And you say them out loud and you say them from your heart. And Jesus will come into your heart right now, by faith. Dear Father, just repeat this after me. Say, Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me and rose from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. To the best of my ability, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live my life for you. Thank you for receiving me as your child, bringing me into the family of God, the kingdom of light, washing me in the blood of the Lamb, washing all my sin away, making me righteous in your sight so I can be with you starting now and for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Father, thank you for all those, for everyone that's heard my voice, that's responded to you today. Thank you for them. Thank you, Lord that their name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that all their sins are washed away. Thank you, God, for revealing yourself for them, uh, revealing yourself to them in a stronger and stronger way, teaching them to be sensitive to your spirit, teaching them to feed on the word of God, opening doors for them to uh, connect with your plan for their life, which always begins in the local church, providing for them a good pastor and a good church where they can grow in, in the Word of God. I just ask you to order their steps, guide their way, make their way straight and smooth, help them to be a testimony to others and to bring others to salvation. Thank you, Father, for your protection over their lives, that at that day when we all stand before you, none of these None of these that prayed with me today would be missing. They are sealed with you, dear Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you for that. Amen. And so, like I said, we we, we started talking about influence, and then I started talking about how we lead somebody to the Lord, as in the case of my friend Dan, um, but the Holy Spirit shapes the message a little differently every time. And, and as I just followed him through the, the scriptures and the things that would come to me as I was speaking to you, as I have the privilege of, of speaking to you, the message uh, comes out a little bit differently every time. But in listening to this today, you did get a fair amount of scriptures concerning salvation through Jesus and, and how to receive that. And uh, so I pray that that ministers to you and blesses you today. Thank you for joining me. And I look forward to next time. God bless you. Amen.